Good morning, New Hope. Thank you so much for being here this morning. We're so excited that we're going to get to continue to go through our series in the Word. Um, For those of you that are are new to New Hope and not have been here, I preach a little bit differently than Pastor Tim. I know we've been married, been married over 25 years now. He should rub off on me a little bit more, but he can put like three words on a piece of paper and teach to you for about an hour, and I have an eight-page book in front of me, okay? So our style is just a little bit different, so just kind of go with us there um, because we have a really great message that we really feel like God has for us all to receive this morning. Um, Last week, Pastor Tim spoke through chapters 10 and 11 in the book of Luke. And for those of you that have been following along in our series guide, today we're going to be covering chapters 12 and 13. And we've been learning a couple of memory verses together as we go through this series. And the reason that we do that is because not only do we want you to follow along on our series guide of being in the word each week, but we also want you to hide this word in your hearts. And so we ask for you to memorize these verses, and these were the verses that we um, chose for this series, so we're going to say those together this morning as we get started, okay? So this is Luke eleven twenty eight, and we're all going to use our own voices out loud and say this. We're going to start on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. He replied, blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. We don't want to just be hearers of the word because if we do nothing with the knowledge, then we are not using the wisdom of that knowledge and living it out in our everyday lives. We don't want to just be hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And then the next verses that we chose for you was Luke 11, 9 and 10. We're going to say these out loud again, too, on one, two, three. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. We want you to understand that God is an accessible God that he wants to be near to you, that he's not a distant God that doesn't care that is somewhere far away, that he's a God who is near, that he's a God that is available to you, that he's a God that cares about you, and he cares about your needs, and all you need to do is ask him, seek and knock, and he wants to be there for you. So I hope that you guys have been hiding these verses in your hearts and that you've been learning them um, as we go through this. Um, If you do not have a series guide, there are some hard copies available to you on the back table before you exit the auditorium today. Um, just get caught up. We will be starting week seven of this. Um, next week, we'll be doing reading through chapters 14 and 15. We just ask you to read two chapters a week. The Bible verses that we ask you to memorize on either side and the bottom. Grab a copy. It's also available online on our website, mynewhope.tv. We try to make things available to y'all, y'all. So, okay. Now, With all these messages, it's difficult for us to preach on two chapters in one sermon because there just isn't enough time to preach on two full chapters in one sermon. So today, um, we're going to be focusing on Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. Now, this is why we ask for you guys to be reading these chapters at home because we will not have time to cover every verse in two chapters on a Sunday morning unless you wanted to be here for like five or six hours which, you know, that seems really awesome, but you probably don't want to be here that long. And so anyways, um, so we kind of are choosing which passages do we really want to focus this one message on. And today, our teaching team, we chose Luke chapter 12, verses 22 through 34. We're going to be learning about do not worry. How many of you in this room have been worried about something lately? Right? We all have worries. 
And today we are going to be talking about what the Bible has to say about worry. So we are going to read Luke 12, 22 through 34 together. Um, so if you have a copy of your Bible, go ahead and turn to that. I'm going to have it up here as well that we're going to be able to read it here. You can read it in your, on your word, however, however you want to do it. But let's get started with being um, in Luke chapter 12. Here we go. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or about your body or what you will wear. So verse, the first verse, bam, do not worry. Do not worry about your life. Verse 23, for the life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them, and how much more valuable you are than birds. And who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? See, stop worrying about what you're going to wear. Stop worrying about what you're going to eat. Stop worrying about your basic needs. I'm going to provide for you. Because why worrying, what does it accomplish? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? Verse 26, since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider the wild flowers and how they grow. They do not labor or spin, yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass, clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you a little faith? Do you see what he's saying? He's like... If the birds have food, and you're so much more valuable to me than birds, I'm going to make sure that you, you're fed, you have what you need. If the lilies of the field, if the flowers that you see, if they're dressed in splendor, aren't I going to make sure that you have clothes to wear? I'm going to take care of you. Verse 29, And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink, and do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things, and your father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Saying, even unbelievers worry about these things. Don't, don't be like the unbelievers, but seek me first. And I'll make sure you're provided for. 32, do not be afraid, little flock. I love this. It's like he's talking to a little kid. Don't be afraid, little flock. He's like, come on, don't be so silly. Don't be afraid. For your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor. He's saying, seek me, live for me. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. He's saying, don't be so worried about these earthly things. Four, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's pray. Dear only Father God, your word is filled with so much truth. And I pray, Lord, that we will see this truth this morning and understand it and know how to apply it to our lives. God, you want everyone here to receive something, God. I, I believe that. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will be active in and among us today to help us to have ears to hear, help us to receive what you want us to receive, and help every word that comes out of my mouth, God, to be from you. God, may, may I fall away. May I become less. May you become greater. Lord, so that we, we may really truly receive what you want us to receive today. And I just ask this in your name we pray. May you be glorified. Amen. Okay, I know that telling you to not be worried is countercultural for this day. 
everything, including the media, tells us to be worried all the time. We are told to be afraid. And there's fear all over the place. And there is a lot of things to be worried about. When a store called The Dollar Tree no longer sells, for, sells things for a dollar, it's a little bit alarming. You could walk into The Dollar Tree and everything in the store was one dollar. You could count on it. Now it's anywhere from $1.25 to $5 at The Dollar Tree, right? And we're all feeling that tension. Inflation has happened to us all, and it can cause worry. The price, is everything has, the price of everything has gone up, while retirement accounts have gone down. News reports are rarely containing something that we won't be tempted to worry about. If they aren't talking about inflation or money, then they're talking about violence or war. If news reports are talking about violence or war, then they're talking about pandemics and sickness. We have been being told for years that we are not safe. And this so easily causes us to worry. When I was preparing this message and we were talking about it, we, their teaching team meets early on Tuesday morning and I was talking with um, our other pastoral staff and our teaching team. I said, I feel like this sermon is two years too late because we've been being told for years that we are supposed to be worried about things. But I hope that we can receive this all today. And um, Louis Giglio, he's one of my favorite pastors, authors, speakers. He recently came out with a book that's called Winning the War on Worry. And um, some of the content from my message, I study lots of different resources, but some of the content has come from this book. If you are somebody that is a worrier, I highly recommend this book. It took me only two hours to read it. It's an easy read, but has really great content, Winning the War on Worry. It comes, it's coming out at a time where we are very aware that we have been being told to be afraid. And it's time for us to stop being afraid and stop being worried about things because as God words instructs us, he tells us, do not worry. Here are some common things that we worry about. I think we could all probably agree on this. Some common things that we worry about. We worry about a dangerous outcome. What if we get sick? What if there's an accident? What if something bad happens? These are things that we worry about, a dangerous outcome. We also worry about a threatening confrontation. What if my spouse and I never resolve this? What if I get a bad grade on that project? What if I'm going to have to actually talk to my coworker about their behavior? We worry about threatening confrontations. We also worry about a shortage of resources. What if I can't pay off this debt? What if I lose my job? What if I never have enough time to do that? We worry about shortage of resources. We also worry about our ability. Am I good enough? Will people like me? Do I have what it takes? And we worry about global calamity. Where, will there be a war? What if the economy gets even worse? What if pandemics don't go away? Can we all agree that... We worry about things, <laughs> right? We all worry about things. The word worry translated in Luke, in Luke 12, the word worry translated means anxious, which means to be torn apart. It's a picture of a ship being tossed in a storm. Does anybody feel like that lately? Like you're the ship being tossed in the storm? I see some heads nodding. A ship being tossed in a storm, feeling the waves crashing in around you. 
I have an aunt and uncle that are currently living on their houseboat. They have been sailing up the entire East Coast. They started down in Florida, up the entire East Coast, through the Great Lakes, and now they're coming back down and around. And recently, they had a really bad storm while they were on their houseboat. A really bad storm came, and my aunt said, I'm ready to get off this boat and go home. (laughs) Have any of you been feeling like this lately? I'm ready to get off this boat and go home. The reality is that Jesus doesn't want us to feel like that. And Jesus tells us actually the opposite. In Luke 12, 22, he's telling us, do not worry about your life. If we could be on the ship that keeps getting tossed and have no worries and be at peace, we will be the kind of people that what God is asking us to be. And hopefully this morning I can give you the tools through God's word of how to do that. Because Luke 12, 22 tells us, do not worry about your life. This sounds simple, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. That may seem impossible for you today to not worry. However, God is so good. Everything that he has instructed us in his word to do, he's also instructed us in his word of how to do it. And so I'm so thankful that God has not just said, do this, but he doesn't give us the how. He always gives us the how. Because worry keeps us from growing and it makes us like the unsaved in the world. We read that in Luke chapter 12, verse 30, where it says, for the pagan world runs after all such things. So he said, even the unsaved are worry. In short, worry is unchristian. And in short, worry is a sin. Worry is a sin. Hope you have your pens ready. We're gonna be taking lots of notes today. When God tells us not to do something and then we go ahead and do it, we are strained from what his plan is for our lives, where he's a sin. So how can we witness to a lost world and encourage them to put faith in Jesus Christ if we ourselves are doubting God and worrying? So how do we win over worry? The first step to win over worry is to realize that God knows our needs so we can trust him to meet them. And Luke 12, it said, like, I take care of the birds. I take care of the flowers of the field. Why are you so worried that I'm not going to take care of you? God knows our needs, and we can trust him to, to meet our needs. And Luke, we see that if God feeds the birds, he will surely feed his children. If he beautifies the plants that grow up one day and are cut down the next, surely he will clothe his own people. The problem is not our little power, for God for not, the problem is not his little power. The problem is not his little power, for God can do anything. The problem is our little faith. Do we believe that God will do what he says he will do? Do we have faith in that? Do you have faith that Jesus will do what he says he will do? And if so, we need to not worry about it, because here's the stunning, choi- the, uh, stunning truth. Worry is a choice. The truth is that worry is a choice. Here's the statistic. Roughly 91% of the time, the thing you worry about the most will never even happen. 91%. 91% of the time that you stay awake worrying about, the thing that you're worried about the most is never even going to happen. We worry a lot about what if. What if this were to happen? But Jesus doesn't do what ifs. And the reason Jesus doesn't do what ifs is because he is. He is. And that is a truth on which we can build our foundation. 
What if we get sick? What if my spouse and I never resolve this? What if I run out of money? What if I don't have what it takes? These are all what ifs, and Jesus doesn't do what ifs because he is. Jesus is. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am. Jesus is. Jesus is the answer for everything. He's the way to get there. He's the truth that we need to build our foundation on. And he is the reason for our lives. And he is eternal. And when we perish from this earth, those of us that are Christ followers will forever be with him. He is the answer for our now. And he's the answer for our eternity. He is. And he doesn't want us to live on the what ifs. He, because of the fact that he is. So why do we have so many what ifs? We have so many what ifs because we are afraid. And the, the root of worry is fear, and fear does not come from God. And the Bible is very clear about this. Fear does not come from God. So if fear doesn't come from God, that means that worry does not come from God. So if fear doesn't come from God and worry doesn't come from God, who does it come from? His enemy. Worry is an enemy tactic. Worry is an enemy tactic. Satan wants us to be worried and afraid. Worry is a strategy built on lies that are designed to rob you of peace and to tear your mind to pieces. Like the ship being tossed in the storm. And we know our enemy, and his sole purpose is to take us down and to steal our joy, and that's why we have to fight back with God's truth. In John 10.10, it says, The thief, the enemy, Satan, he comes only to steal and to kill and destroy. He wants us to be like the ship being rocked in the storm. But I, Jesus, I have come that they have life and have it to the full. Satan wants us to be stolen of peace and our minds to be torn to pieces. But Jesus has come that we might have life and that we might have life to the full. And there's four lies of worry. There's four things that Satan really wants us to believe. And if we believe these and we concentrate on this, we will always be like that ship being rocked in the storm. Four lies of worry. The first one is something bad is going to happen. However, roughly 91, 91% of the time, the things we worry about never even happen. But Satan would love us to believe that something bad is going to happen. Have you ever woken up and just had this like feeling of doom? Like, I don't know. I just feel like something really bad's going to happen today. And, and, and I just feel like Satan loves it when we're in that. Like, it's just not, nothing good's going to happen. When we worry and we're constantly worried about something bad is going to happen, Satan's winning in our lives then. The second one, the more you worry about it, the better your odds of avoiding it. This is a lie. You, can, cannot, you cannot control bad things from happening. And you worrying about it is not going to make it less likely to happen. If I worry about it more, then I can prevent it from happening, right? That's a lie. The reality is worrying has never once prevented something negative from happening. Planning might, prayer has, but worry never will. The third one, I have no choice, I'm a born worrier. I could ask you to raise your hands of how many of you grew up in generational worry. 
My grandma was a worrier, my mom was a worrier, and I'm a worrier. I can't help it. I am a born worrier. It runs in my family. It's the house I grew up in. I was taught to worry from the moment I could talk. We were always worried. It's time to break that generational curse. It's time to start something new. Let's not keep on passing on being a born worrier. And the fourth one, I can control the outcome by worrying. Those are all lies. Our family just watched a show this week, and the, just the other night, and one of the characters on the show said, worrying is not a form of preparation. It doesn't make anything less likely to happen, nor armor you if it does. I liked that quote. Worrying is not a form of preparation. It doesn't make anything less likely to happen, nor armor you if it does. I thought that was a good quote. The different things that we worry about take on a slightly different shape on the outside, but underneath the surface, they all share a common root. And the reason we worry is because we all have a desire for control. We want to be able to control things. At the heart of worry is our need to be in control. However, you find peace by surrendering. You find peace by surrendering your need to control for, to the one who is actually in control. So we desire, that con- we desire control. We try to control outcomes of things. And instead, God is saying, stop trying to be in control. It's not going to work for you. I'm really good at being in control. Why don't you surrender your need to control to me, and I will be the one to take care of these situations. We, actually, we, need to, we find our peace by surrendering our need for control to the one who actually is control because worry is a lie from the enemy. We can't stop him from talking, but we can choose who we listen to, the enemy or our heavenly father, because God has been running the universe for a really long time, and that means we can let go. In fact, you can fire yourself from being a worrier. And you can fire yourself from trying to control situations. And you can say to yourself, self, you are fired from trying to control things. Self, you are fired from being a worrier. We can fire ourselves. In 1 John 4, 18 and 19, it says, there is no fear in love. And it says, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. I'll stop there for just a second. I've had this described to me um, by um, some pastors that were in our lives. And um, they said to me that, where do you think fear comes from? And I knew, I knew that. And they said, is there ever a time in the Bible where God told somebody to be afraid? And, and when you look at where God told people to be afraid, it always came with a vision. That God was trying to tell them that something was going to be happening and that God was going to be telling them something was going to be happening like Joseph when they said, you need to flee to Egypt so that Jesus would be safe. And so he fled to Egypt so that Jesus would be safe. And so when you see in the Bible that God was telling somebody a, something that they needed to know, it came with a vision. The other times God said, don't be afraid. You don't need to be afraid. So every time that I'm afraid, Am I afraid because of something Jesus is trying to say to me? And 
like over 90% of the time, it's like, no, I'm not. I'm just afraid because I'm trying to control a situation. And so what you see is that perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. When we are afraid, we're like the ship being tossed in the storm. When we are afraid, we're, we're like dangering ourselves. And when God has told us so many times, do not fear. Because the one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. And the whole answer to this comes back to the top of this. There's no fear in love because perfect love drives out fear. This is the answer to all of this. When we live loved, when we know how much God loves us, then we don't have to be afraid because then we can trust his love for us. The counter agent for worry isn't control. It's faith rooted itself in love. We don't have to control things because of the fact that we know how much our Heavenly Father loves us. It's faith rooted in love. Instead of fear being the motor for, motivator for our lives, we start with love. What if love is the motivator for our lives? Do you believe that God loves you? There's a lot of people that I meet with, and I meet with a lot of people, and when I ask them that question, do you truly believe that God loves you? And they'll be honest with me and say, I have a hard time with that one. I have a hard time truly believing that God loves me. And I want to tell you today that you are loved, and that God truly does love you, and that he created you, and he saw you before you were born, and that he created you in your mother's womb, and that he created you on purpose and for purpose, and he died on the cross for you, that you are truly loved. The kind of love Jesus has for you is not just that he likes you when you are doing good things for him. It's not that he tolerates you even though you occasionally slip up from being holy, but that he loves you and that absolutely nothing can separate you from his love. We see that in Romans 8. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. If you believe that you are loved and you hold it in your heart and mind, you have the greatest and only weapon that you will ever need to put a dagger through the heart of worry. Remember that you are loved, and it will, it will slice worry away. Remember that you are loved. Here's the pattern. We fear something bad from happening, whatever it is, and then we want to control it. And so then we choose to worry about it. But, but we could fear something, want to control it, and, say, and remember, I'm loved. I'm loved. Jesus has this. He'll take care of this. I don't need to worry about this. And that love turns into surrender. So God, I give this to you, and I ask for you to be the one to handle this because I trust you. And so you could start, keep the pattern at fear, control, worry, stop there. Or you can follow the pattern. Fear, control, I'm loved. I surrender to you, and now I'm going to trust. Here is how we fight back. Here is how we fight back and we don't worry about things, but we choose to live loved because God has called us to be brave. God has called us to live brave. We have a choice. We can live worried or we can live brave. And when we live loved, we are going to be living brave. Did you know that the most frequent command in the Bible is don't be afraid? It's said more often than any other command in the Bible, don't be afraid. And you know why God put in the Bible this so many times, don't be afraid? Because there isn't a person in this room that isn't afraid of something. We all need a voice in our head that tells us, don't be afraid. The things we're afraid of, we can face them. I'm not saying deny them, I'm saying face them. Lack of worry is not denial. 
If your child is in the military and your child gets the call that they have to go to the front lines of a war zone, to deny that they're putting, being put in a dangerous situation is useless. Yes, they are, putting, they are being put into a dangerous situation, but you can choose to not worry. If you've received a scary health diagnosis, you don't have to deny that you'll have some rough days ahead, but you can choose to not worry about it. Denial is useless. Courage is choosing to not worry in the face of the reality. We aren't going to deny that something's, that something's happening, but we're going to choose to not worry about it, and that's called courage. Courage is choosing to not worry in the face of the reality. Courage comes from a heart that knows that it is loved. Like it said in 1 John 4, 18 and 19, God will take care of you. Why? Because he loves you. He will take care of you because he loves you. To wait until life is not rocky, to stop worrying, is not going to work for you. Life on this side of heaven is going to be hard. Life here is going to feel like the ship in the storm. However, we are called to live brave. We are called to live courageous, and we are told not to worry. And that's how people are going to see Jesus in us. We need to face our fears. If you think about if blank, then blank. If you were to think about right now, what's the thing that keeps you up the most at night? What's the thing that you are most worried about? The thing that you think about more than anything else that you're, that you're afraid of or that you're worried about, and if, what would be that thing? What would be that thing? And you can, you can write it down if you want to on that first line. And if, what, what would be that thing? The thing that you're most worried about, then blank. Like, and if I perish, then I perish. But don't put anything on that second line yet, okay? And if... And if, and if what? So I want to tell you guys a personal story to kind of help you to understand what these blanks are supposed to be for. A year ago, last October, all three of our boys were in a really serious car accident. So that's the car that all of our children were in at the same time. Um, that was a year ago. You can see that um, it was pretty bad. And... The roof got totally caved in. All three of them were hanging upside down. Um, and it was a really serious car accident that happened. And I was, they were on their way to youth group. They were on their way to the church. Tim was out of state. Um, I got a notification on my phone that they had been in an accident. And I put the near shoes on, grabbed my car keys, and started driving. Um, I had no idea what I would find when I got there. I didn't know if they'd survived. I didn't know what happened. I just knew that they had been in a really serious car accident. Um, I, I drove there, and the first thing I saw was the car. So I think, I don't think I breathed for, I don't remember breathing. Um, and then I saw the three of them standing beside the car second. And they were all lived. They were all okay. Um, concussions and took a little recovery time, but they're all okay. Now, what, what, what could I get through and if? And my and if would be, and if all three of my boys would have died. I would have got there, and they were in the car, all three of them, and they would have all three perished, and if. Worst fear for a parent, right? Worst fear for a parent. Your kids, something horrible happened to your kids. Gosh, some of you have faced this. You're in this room. I hope this encourages you what I'm going to be saying in a little bit. 
and if, and if that were to happen. Let me play that out in my head. What I, how I would have probably, knowing myself, and if, I would have been numb. I don't know if I would have remembered to keep breathing. I wouldn't have known anything going on around me. Um, when I got back home, whenever that was, I probably would have laid on the floor and never wanted to get up for a long time. What a hard, hard time sleeping, probably not, no sleep, no eating. It would have been really hard not wanting to do anything. And then let me tell you this. And then, one day, I would get up, and I remember that God is faithful, and that he's good, and that he holds to his promises, and that he's true. And one day, I would remember, I'm going to keep living my life, and I'm going to keep serving Jesus, because he is good. So I'm not saying that, and if, the worst thing that you could ever fear happens to you. will never happen 91% of the time it doesn't, but sometimes it does. But and if, and if, and then the answer to that one, then God. And if, then God. My God will take care of me. He promises he will. And if, then God. Our God will take care of us. And if, then God. My God will take care of me. He will take care of you. Let me give you some scenarios in the Bible of things that people really could have been afraid of. What if Noah wouldn't have built an ark because he was worried about what people were going to say about him? What if Moses was too worried about his own ability to approach Pharaoh and ask him to set the Israelites free? What if Rahab was too worried for her own safety to help the Israelite spies? What if Gideon didn't see himself as a leader when God called him to fight against the Midianites? What if he never did it because he didn't think he had what it takes? David would never have led Israel if he was worried about Goliath or King Saul. Daniel wasn't worried about what the leaders of Babylon would do to him if he continued to pray to God. So he was thrown in the lion's den where God saved him. What do all of these people have in common? And if blank, if I perish, if that happens, then God. What if then God? You know what that's called? It's called courage. It's called courage. In 2 Timothy 1.7, it says this, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. On our days of what if, we as Christ followers are called to live with courage. God does not give us a spirit to make us timid. He does not tell us to be afraid. He tells us to be brave. He tells us to have courage. And he gives us, who gives us our own strength? No, in his strength, he gives us power, love, and self-discipline. We are called to have courage. You know the thing that you worry about the most? Well, the devil knows it too. And the thing you worry about the most is working for the devil, but I will tell you this, it is not working for you. What do you really fear happening? The enemy is all over that. 
If you're afraid something bad is going to happen to your kids, if you're afraid your spouse is going to leave you, if you're worried about money, if you're afraid you'll never be enough, the devil knows what you worry about the most, and the devil is on to you. And it's not enough that you trust that God, if it's not enough that you trust God that the thing you fear the most will never happen to you, even like I'm saying over 91% of the time it won't, Satan will figure out what you most fear and he'll keep throwing at you and keep making you be worried about it. And if blank, then God. If I perish, then I perish. If the thing you worry about the most, then God. If the thing you worry about the most, then God will take care of me. He will take care of you. You cannot control things from happening. And if blank, then God. So choose courage. God's just standing there handing to you. He's saying, I do not make you have a spirit of timidity, but of power and love and self-discipline. And he's saying, choose courage, take it. I'm trying to hand it to you, take it. Just reach out and take it from me, take it. He wants you to have it. He wants us to live brave. He wants us to have courage. God is good even if your worst fear happens. To say otherwise would be conditional faith. God will be brave and I'll have courage and I'll live for you if you'd make sure that this doesn't happen. If you make sure this doesn't happen, then I'll live for you. But if this happens, then, then you and I are done. That's conditional. That's conditional. And God doesn't want us to live with conditional faith. God says, no matter what, trust me. No matter what, I will be there. No matter what, I want to be the person that is on your boat. I want to be on your ship in the storm. I want to be with you. No matter what, trust me. We need to know our God. Because here's the reality. If we don't know God, we won't be able or willing to invite him into our worry. We need to understand what this perfect love of Jesus really is and is all about. If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I would say today should be your day. Let's, get go, let's go, let, let go of the things that you're worried about and say, God, I, I trust you with this. I, I want to be done living miserable, trying to control things, and I want to be done trying to do this in my own strength and my own power. I want to, you, to invite you into my mess, and God will meet you right there. He loves you. He loves you, and he wants you to have a personal relationship with you. Ask Jesus to come on board your ship, and he promises that he won't let it sink. He promises to stay with you and love you. We cannot control the things that will happen to us. So let's choose to not worry. Ask God and let him take control of you because he's really good at it and he's good at being God. If you remember the verses that we read at the beginning, Luke 12, 34, that says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let's let our treasure be Jesus because if Jesus is where our treasure is, our heart will be the also. Let's not let, let's, let's not let our treasure be worry. Because if your treasure is worry, that's where your heart will be. But if, you want, if your treasure is Jesus, then you will live loved without a heart of worry. And Luke 12, 31, again, the verse we just read, but seek first his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. God will take care of you. He holds true to his promises. So let's choose Jesus. Let's choose to live loved. Let's choose to live brave. Let's choose to live with courage. Do you think that we could do that? Let's go ahead and pray. Oh God, you are so good at being God. I'm thankful, God, that you didn't just tell us not to do something. You told us the how. 
that you are not a God that wants us to have a spirit of fear, worry about us, but you are a God that wants us to be walking around with courage and being brave with power and love and self-discipline, God. And I pray that you will help us as a church to be that today. God, I want to invite everyone that's here that maybe does not know you as their personal Savior to let you be the one to come on board their ship today and let you be the one to have the answers, God. Um, I pray that you will um, help them to accept the forgiveness that you offer through your death on the cross and invite you in. We pray that today that will happen for people. And I pray, Lord, that those of us that are born worriers, that we worry a lot, God, that we will make the choice that today ends that. It's not going to happen anymore. Today's the day that I'm going to let worry go, and I'm going to live loved, and I'm going to surrender, and I'm going to choose to trust. God, we will have a lot less sleepless nights, Lord, if we choose to let you come in and be the answer for that. And if blank, then God than Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we will be able to live that out. God, thank you again for your great love for us. As the worship team is getting ready for the final song, go ahead and watch this short video clip. Don't worry about a thing. Gonna be alright. I woke up this morning on my horizon. Three little birds were on my doorstep singing sweet songs. Melody blowing through. And they said this message. You, you, you. <laughs> they said, don't worry. 